1: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have this Naomi Rose, a National Award winner of Britain's Best Loaf and the founder of Baking Boss. And Naomi's on a mission to help everyone to learn how to bake in their own kitchen homes and as well as making them help support their own baking business and build their successful businesses that fuel their life. Oh, love that. Naomi, <laughs> welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, so, so welcome. Can you
1: expand a bit more on this and let us know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you love to
2: work with? So I have come from a background of sort of digital marketing. That's where I started. I quit my nine to five office job to open a cafe, bar and bakery, which we did. And it was very successful. But the pandemic came along. We had Mm. varying different challenges And unfortunately, we just couldn't beat the bottom line on it at the end of the day because the cost of living crisis came in and hit. And throughout that whole journey, I learned a huge amount because I literally went from having no baking experience, not professionally anyway. You know, I wasn't trained in any of that and I hadn't run my own business and I learned Mm. a huge amount. So that is why I started up Baking Boss, because I couldn't find anyone like me that could help small baking businesses or small cafe owners to actually get going with their businesses and I also love to bake so I really wanted to share everything I've learned because I'm a home baker my kitchen at, yeah. my cafe was a home kitchen believe it or not we had a home range in there and actually baking is so easy when you know how to do it but often you don't get people teaching you how to do it so I wanted to share everything I'd learned on that journey with people which is where I've got to be my business now.
1: See, this is beautiful. So these, um, in business, we all talk about the niche and we need to zoom down and work out who we're selling to and what we're doing. I love these stories of, I haven't found anyone doing what, what I needed back in the day. So I'm going to help other people do that. We've interviewed so many people on this podcast, uh, whether it's um, yeah, mixologists doing up your, 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 your van, your events, your mobile sort of bar. And no one's doing that, so I to help other people do that. Um, other trucks or mobile businesses or other things. It's it's so interesting. So to hear that, okay, I had I, I saw this and no one's doing it, and damn it, I could have used this when I first started. So I'm gonna do it, and you can bring in all your your wealth of experiences. So it sounds like obviously being the winner of Britain's Best Loaf and going mm-hmm. through a pandemic and seeing the shift in supply and demand with ingredients and services you've kind of been fast-tracked through this all right
2: oh it was it was a roller coaster I wasn't expecting to go on that's for sure it was uh and actually what was really interesting when when we opened the cafe and bar because was a cafe and bar originally and then during the pandemic I crowdfunded the bakery mm. um the people's behavior how they changed our customers behavior changed in the in the covid hokey cokey and then afterwards it was completely different the predictability that I had in my business before just had completely gone out the window. So any of the analytics, any of the sales patterns that were there before no longer existed. It was like nice. feeling in the dark and it was an experience I never expected to kind of have okay, let's, to go let's, through.
1: Let's pause on that aspect and tell me about it from a business owner, because we, we talk about the data and you can't track things. But what's it like for the human behind the business in that environment?
2: Uh, it's... It's really hard because you're you're guessing at how many staff you need. And some days you're like, right, I'm prepared because Tuesday for the last month has been a busier day than a Saturday. And then mm. no one comes in. And you're like, what do I do with that? I've just paid someone for standing here, but I can't let them go home. <laughs> so it really throws like mentally and physically, it really challenges you because you then think, well, I might as well go and do the job myself instead of paying a front of house member of staff just in case
0: mm.
2: no one turns up that day or yeah. I risk having a lower amount of staff in and knowing that I might get a phone call and I have to pivot and do something else that isn't my priority for the day. So- that, that fear in there, I mean, straight away, we do go back to
1: survival, how to make this okay. Do I have to go in and do the work rather than being the CEO and the visionary? And yes. okay, let me work out what we can do to solve this problem. It's, we find ourselves getting dragged back into the work that we shouldn't be doing which means we're just in survival rather than, okay, I'm not saying you didn't do the things that could work, but I guess in that environment, were you almost to the point of, I don't know what else we can, I don't know what we can do to bump this up or try and get more interest or try and do this because this was a new landscape.
2: Absolutely. And what was really interesting when you talked to the the local business owners that owned cafes or restaurants near me, it was a very similar pattern for them. And Mm. they, they said a similar thing of, you know some of the we had a Turkish restaurant opposite us and they used to say I can't predict which days people are going to order takeaways on anymore and I don't know what to do with that because obviously we're trying to pay staff to come in and do the delivery but the owner was doing the deliveries himself because he didn't know what else to do because some days it'd be dead and then really busy on a Wednesday and it just made no there was no pattern there was no People's behavior had just completely changed. And it was it was fascinating to watch from an outsider's point of view, but mm. from a business owner, it was yeah. really fight or flight mode that you had to go into.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's all good or well to say double down, hold space for your job, work out how to solve the problem, look for the opportunities, change things, rather than, damn it, I need to do the fucking delivery myself because <laughs> we're in this. But you can see how that cycle brings you down. I mean, you said you're from a digital marketing background. Yes. For years, I ran my own agency in the UK. And during these times of you know, the recessions, the downtime, it's always been marketing gets cut, budget gets cut first. The one Absolutely. thing that's gonna bring in is your bloodline, your lifeline of business. It Absolutely. doesn't make logical sense, but it's the first thing to be cut from a lot of people, not every business, some double down in this place. Yeah. It's find the right thing for you. So, and I guess it's, it's all down to the human being what's That's going true. on how we impact how we work through this so and obviously your so your business didn't didn't survive this and yeah. you could argue blessing and a curse pro some great things came from this so how to sort of work through that what was it like just briefly in that kind of transition period and then what was it like as you found your feet with the amazing business you've you've now created
2: well, it was quite an interesting period going through the close. I mean, closing a business. I had to liquidate because there wasn't any other choice, and I'd look. I'd gone through every single option.
0: Hmm.
2: Actually, what people don't realize is when you have to close or liquidate a business, you need money to do it. So I had to open and put a really big announcement out to say I need people to come in because we're closing this weekend to meet the bottom line to pay the insolvency company. That was the reality I was facing, yeah. and then I had to within about a week sell as much equipment as I possibly could to make sure that I could pay them so it was a really challenging time to kind of go this is everything I've built and then just watch people literally like take it apart yeah but kind of in that in that process you know my husband Andy and I we actually did get a few days away we went to Dubai for four days and it rained the entire time don't know whether that's an over but you know what's the chances but it was lovely to get away and I think when I came back I realized that I was more annoyed that I hadn't really had a proper chance to give this business a go and really develop my skills and knowledge but Mm. actually I've learned a lot and I have a lot of skills and knowledge and I don't want that to go anywhere and just be lost in my own brain when it can really benefit other people so that they don't have to feel alone and certainly small baking businesses or home baking businesses or small cafes I found a lot of consultants that would only deal with the big people actually there's there's a sort of people on the corner that have to work on Mm tighter budget that need that support and help and I'm like that's the kind of person that could really benefit my skills so I'm going to pivot I'm going to Keep, you know, keep going, keep going with what I've already started five years ago and develop it into something that can really benefit and help more businesses going forward.
1: So how has it been for you as you've started to build this coaching, consulting, guiding entity of your business? What what's that been like? Because that's completely different from what you were doing before. So how have you enjoyed this process? And what's what's been sort of tough that was
2: so new? I think being tough because I'm back on my own again so I've I've had people around me I've had yeah. my, my core team at the cafe came with me from day one and they were still there at the last day so they yeah. helped shape the business suddenly I'm back to working in my home office again on my own unlike sort of running frantically around seeing customers talking to lots of different people so it's a completely different working environment I'm in yeah and it, it's kind of I don't have the customers necessarily kind of pushing me forward in the same ways that Mm. I now used to. So it's having to rethink and having the confidence to do it on my own rather than having like a team to back me up as well and actually support me. And That's definitely been quite tough to do and actually kind of believe that I can really help the people with what I've learned because my knowledge isn't necessarily come out of the textbook. It's come out of a lot of trial and error which a lot of businesses and businesses are yeah. based on so it's actually taking all of that and moving it forward for other people as well well i'm, I'm going to celebrate that because straight up a textbook it,
1: unless it's gone through the experiential understanding it's all in theory it's great and i, I think so many people get caught on you know, programs courses books whatever of here's what you need to do here's how you can drill this part of it i mean I you could talk about sales and here's the sales <laughs> script, and here's the structure. Here's it's like, yeah, but in the moment, here's how to overcome this objection. Yes, but in the moment, it's not like the textbooks. It's not like no. this you know, <laughs> the scenario that you're sort of drilling. It's it's different. So when you say it's, and I felt a slight pang of it's it hasn't come from the textbooks. It, it's come from my experience. There's a little bit of a maybe I was off base there. There's a little bit of apologetic nature coming through there, rather than fuck yes. It hasn't come from this. It's come from my direct experience. So, oh my gosh, I can talk you through all the nuances of this.
2: Yeah, that's a gift, right? Absolutely. But it can be perceived as a negative. It is having that self doubt that always sometimes just creeps in, thinking, "Well, you know, I'm I'm not going to be the next Gordon Ramsay or whoever it might be. I don't Mm. need to be Gordon Ramsay. It's Gordon Ramsay, but it's actually believing that what my experience is absolutely just as valid to help other people than others
1: yeah absolutely you already won britain's best loaf i mean i keep, can keep saying that because it just sounds amazing <laughs> it's just so much fun with that and, and everyone that we we speak to on on this podcast yeah when they come through this these these awards and these celebrations it's so easy to be like eh, that doesn't really count because or yeah i've moved on now there's a level of that imposter syndrome that doubt maybe with a little bit of guilt comes in it's it can be all-consuming, or it can be subtly in the background of just controlling. Do you do you kind of find that?
2: Yeah. So Sometimes I was. It definitely got harder towards when I was closing the cafe down. Yeah. I'm trying to make sure that doesn't happen so much in this business because the business when I had certainly towards the end of having the cafe and bar, it was mm. the business around me rather than me running the business. Ah, you know? Yes. <laughs> so that is exactly what I didn't want to take going forward because I'm not my best self and I can't help people if I'm being sort of run around the houses trying to make everything work. So I've really kind of having to be strong minded on focusing on what is going to work for me and therefore then will work for my clients and customers.
1: Okay. So, so with this kind of starting up again,
2: how, what's, what
1: is maybe the the hardest part or the part that you have to really sort of double down and focus on because it's, it's this new transition you're, you're becoming you're a complete different business owner than you were with your old business
2: yes so what's completely. that like it's it's quite a challenge actually I mean I've I've been in the digital world for a long time so I've I worked hmm. in digital I didn't do digital sales I did digital campaigning so my a lot of my yeah. campaigns was around changing laws and things like that so it's a very different ask from what I'm asking now the other thing with the cafe and bar it had ready-made customers in a way because you walk in the door you exchange money for a product and off you go the online space is a little bit of a different entity in the way you sell and how you do things so I'm having to actually Mm. rethink and starting again is is definitely a mind challenge it's going through that initial I've forgotten I don't have a physical building to build whereas a lot of my focus when I was opening a cafe was building an actual building I'm creating a a virtual building if you like and that's very very different to creating a physical yeah. building. <laughs> okay, so you're transitioning as
1: a as a business owner yourself, you're transitioning in actual what it is that you're offering and what yes. you're delivering. Um what what would you say that you that you walked in on that you were like, "Oh shit, I I had no idea this was going to be part of it or or that this would even be there." What was what was that?
2: Um I think it was actually trying to how to how to do sales how to do launches in order to do those different things I've I've done I've done lots of launches but not in the ways that necessarily will now work for my customers now so Mm. actually it was having to completely I've been doing you know like I said I've done digital a long time I've not done digital like this before so Mm. I'm having to actually be very open-minded in my I can I've done social media and I can do this actually now It's, it's completely different and it's being open-minded to be guided in the right way to make sure that I get those things right so I can give people the best that I can and I can earn the money that I want to earn as well (laughs)
1: yeah nice and you've given the freedom and we were chatting away before we press record about you know you're you're now moving back up you're moving up north so you've got a whole different challenge because Andy has the freedom to work from anywhere and so do you now and it's this new freedom that you wouldn't have been afforded had you stayed with the 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 old business until you actually extract yourself completely so there are these these nuances and gifts and ah this we can do this now so with that sort of open-minded you know world of of possibilities where are you going what is the dream what what are you going
2: towards here what's possible so I mean I want to make sure I help as many people as possible with what I've learned so I want to make sure that I build a business that can support as many people as possible for me I definitely want to have a much more stable income than the cafe and yeah. be able to actually have a bit more life of freedom and you know I travel a lot that was well certainly before the cafe I travel a lot and COVID um, and yeah. that's what I want to go back to doing I want to be able to work and meet lots of baking business owners and collaborate with different people. I love doing collaborations. Mm. I love going to festivals. I've done the Foodies Festival recently where I was making Chelsea Buns on stage for I can't remember how many shows now about five I think. Um, But they're great fun to do and I love doing that. So it's having that freedom to pick and choose what work I do and you know be able to support myself and my family doing it.
1: Nice. So let's
2: let's look at some sort of specifics
1: here because it's beautiful having this goal, And a lot of it is, it's a beautiful mix of help other people, not go through what you went through, share your experience. So there's a little bit maybe of that Maybe a little bit of that the solopreneur sort of tendency we speak about an awful lot on the podcast of you know yeah. sort of people pleasing, over delivering, undercharging, bit of perfectionism, losing that work life balance. Do you f- feel some of these? Is that is that oh. entrepreneur bingo, or are you like nah, I'm off base completely?
2: Yeah, no, you. I mean, the hospitality industry is often based on passion, and there's yeah. and I have come I've come to learn, and I'm a classically trained cellist, so my background is actually I'm a cello player and I play in orchestras as well, but yeah as a as a child and I trained from a child because I wanted to be a professional musician from a child um I was told I had to make a choice between money or my passion that was that was what was deeply ingrained in me and it's the same with baking because Mm -hmm. you kind of think well I like baking so I can't possibly charge for something I like doing because that doesn't class as my job or work and we feel guilty for charging so that was yeah that was where it it kind of got ingrained and that's not what I want to do now so that's what I want to you know there's there's kind of getting rid of the myth of charging you uh, what is it trading your time for money I'm trying to get rid of that myth and actually I've got a lot to offer I've got a lot of experience and it's being able to share that with people in the right ways through things like you know hopefully do the recipe book at some point next year maybe membership platforms and make it really relevant to my audience but it gives me the freedom to do what I want to do as well
1: yeah, nice. I love that you brought that up. What do you say, money or passion? And you just yes. dropped it in there casually, and then kept on going. Like, no, let's <laughs> let's stop at that because, <laughs> oh my gosh, that we could do a whole topic, multiple series on this topic alone. That belief, whether it's small or taking control. To have that at an early age, we, we know, yes. you probably know all this stuff as well. It, it, it does control. It's there in the subconscious. It's affecting the decisions that we make. So knowing it, and you brought it up quite happily and walked along, it's like, oh, my gosh. So I, I want to sort of underline that, put that in capital letters and just sort of flash it for everyone to just sit with. Money or passion, you need to make that choice. Therefore, if you're finding I can do this, but even I can get paid for it, There is a whole entrepreneurial journey around that to realize that your sweet Ash can be paid for this.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes, you can charge your worth. It's not a this or that. But that sometimes is a hard conversation to have. Sometimes we don't even know we're having that conversation. Oh my gosh. Yes. How how do you think that's impacted maybe some decisions, maybe back in your old business, maybe in, in this new one? Where do you find that passion? maybe conflicting in a way that you realize oh shit yeah i didn't do that because of oh my gosh it might have been that can you any examples
2: i mean there's lots of things i mean we used to do often quite a lot of custom-made cakes and things like that i mean when you're selling coffee there is a bit of a ceiling price on what you can charge you can't charge them a tenner because people won't buy your coffee at the end of the day unless it's like really really fancy but certainly i need a ceiling for things like cakes. So. And you see this, particularly in the wedding cake industry, they go mm. for all kinds of different prices. And yet somehow you kind of get drawn into whether well, can buy a Tesco for like a tent or for a birthday cake. So you're kind of already automatically subconsciously pricing yourself against something that you can't compete with. And you're comparing yeah. yourself to everybody else. And I know that quite openly some of my customers would come in and tell me I was too expensive I'm like well then you're not my customer clearly which I can see much more now mm. but certainly it still kind of creep you know creeps in and the life of a musician I did a lot of work in the arts and you were taught that that it, that is the compromise you have to make it's the the choice you have musicians don't get paid that much so that's your mm. choice to make why yeah. they're incredibly talented people and it's
1: it's just demystifying it demystify but also the the persona the identity um elizabeth gilbert writes about this eloquently in one of her books talking about i think it's the the starving artist syndrome that this isn't well known that yeah it's just one of those things you you're an artist it's going to be tough you're going to starve it's going to be it's not going to really help fuel you it's like no who the hell wants to live by those rules oh my gosh (laughs) but and again, I come back to this point of these these beliefs that we have. We all have these, whether you call them false beliefs or limiting beliefs or controlling beliefs, we all have them. You might as well have them that are made up, that serve you rather than are made up and hinder you. So I think yeah. trying to find these and then live by the ones that are like, yeah, as a, if I do my passion, it means I'm going to be exponentially more wealthy because it's easier and it's more fun and people are drawn to you that's why it's a benefit live by that rule rather than ah but it's your passion so whatever it is how can you everyone listening grab one of those beliefs and just flip it around because if it is a goddamn fact probably not absolutely not (laughs) there's an exception to the rule which means it's no longer a rule yeah absolutely (laughs) oh the fun and games of in transition, changing business, um, doing all the things, moving house, crumbs. There's so much going on. Naomi, this has been yeah. this has been so much fun sort of breaking these these concepts down. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been really great to be on the show. Oh, I've, I've loved it. And hey, if people find
2: out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? You can come and visit my website. I'm at bakingboss.net or I'm on the socials. I am Baking Boss. So you can come and get some recipes or business tips, whatever it might be. And I've got some freebies on my website as well. So do go and download those as well.
1: Yeah. Nice. And you promised me the, 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 the ingredients, the methodology for Staffordshire oatcakes, right?
2: Yes, I do. I actually think my nana, who my cafe and bar was named after, who was born in Stafford and um, has a recipe written down somewhere that I kept so she used to write down a lot of recipes and I've kept them for all of these years so I will dig that one out and it will I will let you know as soon as it goes up on my website (laughs) yes
1: that sounds awesome thank you very much looking forward to that but Naomi thank you so much this has been so so much fun
2: oh I've really enjoyed it's it been great you're welcome
1: Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end.
0: Yay, you.
1: So what happens next?
0: Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode.
1: Can you please rate, review, download?
0: Subscribe. Hmm. Yeah.
1: But why is it important?
0: Because that's how...